1: You're listening to Me and Paranormal You with your host, Ryan Singer. It's more fun to believe. Third third year Year Bonus. everybody this is ryan singer thank you for listening to the mindcast uh, apologies this one i think is going up later in the day just from uh, me you know just kind of being a space cadet sometimes and also as uh you know i'm chugging firesider because of you know not you know the health you know trying to keep the health meter high to try to stay in the game you know what i mean So yeah, so again, apologies, I wanted to let you know up top, I'll be at Wiley's Comedy Club December 21st and 22nd. There's one show on Friday, the 21st at 8pm, and then there's two shows at 7.15 and 9.30 on Saturday. So if you're anywhere close to the Dayton, Ohio area, and you want to see some stand-up, it'll be the last stand-up shows I do of the year, I'd be happy to put you on the guest list. So you can send me an email at ryansingercomedy at gmail.com, or you can just use the contact form from my website and I'd love to put you on the guest list if you want to have free tickets to that show you just let me know and I'd be happy to do that of course the club is going to have you you know drink some beverages or whatever they're going to have you do once you're inside there but I'd be happy to get you on the uh, the show for free I will have physical copies of my album free love to give away to people uh, uh, in Dayton so I'll have a bunch of copies there with me at that time so I'd love to see you so and then you know we're gonna figure out next year, next year, and we're gonna to try to be in the moment of this, uh, this now, this thing that is now. So yeah, um, so yeah. Without further, and I'm off social media. So if you're messaging me on social media, I will check my Facebook messages um, a couple times, maybe twice or three times a day at the most, just to try to keep in touch with people if they are requesting to uh, get free tickets. But other than that, I'm not going to be on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook doing any of that kind of stuff uh until next year and you know what i'm already i'm just a few days in or a couple of days in or whatever it is and it, it feels great you know i gotta tell you it feels good so far so yeah you know break free from the robot brain uh re- reconnect so let's get into it uh without further ado Okay, everybody, Uh, this is Ryan again. I think I did a commercial probably at this one promoting shows. Um, Modern parapsychology, this is going to be part two of two, or maybe it might even be part 1.5 of two. I'm not real sure. I think I'm going to do like slightly shorter. I mean, who knows? I mean, we'll just see where the winds of of time and change will blow, and that's where uh, the sail of my whimsy shall carry me. I want to talk a little bit about – the people who are doing the paranormal research on the side of parapsychology when it comes to and let me be more specific the ghost investigations um in that regard, excuse me, I think I just had a coffee burp i yes i had a i've had a couple cups of coffee. I'll tell you, you know the uh the ebb and flow, the roller coaster of addiction is what it is, so. Um, I am, uh, you know, I'm, I'm limiting myself to very little comedy or comedy to coffee. Uh, was that a Freudian slip? Um, I'm just now, I'm going to be a serious person for the rest of my life. No longer a comedian. The, the idea that, um, I'm just kind of like, you know, maybe it's, it's cause of the, the change in weather and all this other kind of stuff, but it's just, uh, oh man, i just get tired. You know, we all do. So it's like, you know, we got to take better care of ourselves, drink fire cider, you know, get fired up. I've got three bottles of fire cider now cooking. I made them up last night. The whole apartment was in tears because of all the onions and the garlic and the horseradish root. I mean, I had the whole building sobbing. It was beautiful. So um, here we go. Let's talk about um, modern parapsychology in the regards of people who are doing paranormal investigations currently uh, or what are the roots of that? I guess we should say, and I got to tell you, I just finished the book, the demonologist written by uh, Gerald brittle. It's about uh, the extraordinary career of Ed and Lorraine Warren. Um, a Fascinating book. Don't read this at night when you're trying to sleep, uh, which is what I did. And then every night I would just stare at my closet waiting for a demon to, to emerge. Um, until like 3 in the morning um i'd have to sleep with the light i'm not gonna lie to you i would sleep with my christmas lights on in the room because i need to read this during the daylight hours uh when it's uh you know it's the, not the bad time of night to read this um you know because these are tellings of these are true accounts you know, allegedly, I, I mean, if you're skeptical in that way, of, of some of the most famous cases that they went on, the Amityville Horror, Annabelle, uh, the Conjuring movies uh, are also. Um, and if you're curious about Lorraine, Lorraine was tested at UCLA, where her clairvoyance was judged as being far above average, and Ed is a demonologist. So basically what we're getting into here is we're getting into a split between parapsychology In demonology. Um, hmm. So we're looking for ghosts. We're looking for spirits of some kind. If you are a paranormal investigator. And according to Ed and Lorraine Warren, there is two type there are two types of there are two big groups of spirits. Okay, now there are subdivisions within each, but we don't need to specifically worry about that right now. You have human spirits and inhuman spirits inhuman spirits typically are going to be uh, demoniacal or demons, um, darkness, uh, evil. And then uh, even above, the, they're like these mischief makers that are ultimately trying to possess you um, through a three-stage process called infestation, oppression, and then possession. Now, in very extreme cases, there will be an actual devil. Um, Not the devil, but a devil um which is kind of like upper management as they describe it uh when it comes to evil and demons are kind of out there causing a ruckus doing all the dirty work the field work and then uh every once in a while a devil will come in who can really like who can really do the heavy lifting can do crazier uh more extreme uh terrorizing like moving heavier objects, teleporting things, hoarding crazier things, uh, like anvils, uh, you know, like catching things on fire. Uh, you know, they have a, according to them, a more, a, a more neat form of handwriting when they write, uh, backwards. Um, Anyway, it's interesting. Most people seem to think ghosts lurk around in the upstairs of old homes in a misty, vaporous state, says Ed. This is not so. In order to be seen with the physical eye, the ghost or apparition needs physical energy to manifest. Um, That's a quote from the book, and I I need to tell you, that's an important thing for me. Needs energy to manifest, because that's what we are trying to measure on investigations, and that's what any investigator hopes to find when they're out in the field, evidence of some kind of a spirit that is either lurking, stuck there, manifesting, or whatever. And how do we find that? We've, we find it through these measuring devices or these capture devices, camera, is a capture device, recording, audio digital recorder, the EMF readers, um, the spirit boxes. These are things to try to, you know, measure or have something come through a conduit, if you will. So it's pretty interesting that you have the Warrens who are, are clearly the most famous of all the paranormal investigators. They are, they started in the 1940s. Now, keep in mind they are not the first um they are the most well-known indeed um because of the amityville horror and, all, and like the annabelle and the, the conjuring movies the, as you know but to say that this is a thing that started in the 1940s would be would be incorrect i mean jesus himself allegedly appeared to uh his apostles before his resurrection uh you know many times so that's like, uh, you know, you can almost say that the apostles in the Bible were kind of paranormal investigators waiting for, waiting for him to come back. That's a kind of a stretch. Um, I will say that that's, a, I, will, I will admit that I'm on the yoga mat there, stretching that one out. According to Ed uh, from this book, in general, the parapsychologist is looking for one thing and one thing only, a link between unusual phenomena and the latent abilities of man's mind. However, when the parapsychologist comes up against inhuman spirit phenomena, he tends to refer to it as poltergeist activity. Poltergeist is an old German word meaning noisy or mischievous ghost. The term is poor bookkeeping, though, because it doesn't specify or come to grips with the true cause of the disturbance. Yet parapsychology, because it is allied to science, can offer only explanations falling within the range of approved scientific concepts and testing techniques. As a result, the parapsychologist is often put in the contradictory position of analyzing the supernatural realm with principles that apply only to the natural realm. Unfortunately, given this limitation, the parapsychologist frequently concludes that what he can't test is not there at all. Hence, he uses a non-committal word like poltergeist when more specific language is called for. The Warrens do not consider themselves parapsychologists since there is a fundamental difference between parapsychology and demonology. Parapsychology gives no credence to the supernatural, whereas demonol- demonology is concerned only with supernatural events. So as you can see, they make a clear distinction between the two. And what you're going to do is you're going to have, we're talking like um, exorcism. We're talking clergy, priests, biblical things, uh, you know, invoking the name of God and or Jesus and other religious entities to to provoke and or cleanse. Uh the Exorcism movie is, as you well know, is what made the Ouija board famous. Um and you know where I stand on or where I have stood on that as being, as long as you approach the Ouija board in a responsible and proper way, that um, you're going to be definitely limiting your potential damage or unwanted effects from it. I got to tell you, through this book, they are hammering the Ouija board. Um, Ed and Lorraine Warren hammer the Ouija board as if it is the, the ultimate conduit to welcoming a demon into your life. And Who am I to spit in the face of 70 years of paranormal research when it comes to uh, them saying that the Ouija board is ultimately the the worst thing you could do? I understand why some of my friends who are, you know, um, I guess big fans of the Warrens uh, are also totally against the Ouija board. Because the Ouija board here is being considered, uh, at least throughout this book, it's it's considered to be like the cause of some of the worst, some of the worst demoniacal activity that the Warrens ever experienced. So, please, you know, use the Ouija board at your own risk, and maybe just don't. I guess if if you if you're if you're on the fence about it, maybe just stay away from the Ouija board. I mean, it's not really the Ouija board as much as it is the divination tool, any divination tool or conjuring board or seance type situation where you're trying to connect with the other side is where the danger opens up. Now, um, when it comes to the paranormal investigation side of things, the Warrens, you could say they, they really set a template for it. Um, And I believe we talked about Hans Holzer in part one a little bit uh, as well. But there are definitely Western, uh, I don't know, Western blueprints that have been been played out and, I don't know, multiplied or replicated through the use of television once ghost adventures and these kind of, uh, once these shows started popping up. The uh, you know there was a spike and you know an explosion in paranormal investigations. Most people are using all of the same tools, whether it's a, a Frank's box or a spirit box, uh, an EMF reader, a digital recorder for EVPs, a camera, a full spectrum camera with night vision, and then you've got like some of these really fancy things now that people with more money and you know the TV shows have access to, like these 3D readers. Um, of animated readers, like of an entity in the room that you can see on ghost adventures. Um, there's, you know, those little blasts that will give off extra energy because as we talked about, like, inhuman, or human spirits need energy to manifest or do things. So feeding off of energy. So feeding the room energy so that the spirit or entity can get stronger or to actually communicate with you. Now, where is the science in all of this? Many people are going to say the scientific method is totally out of the window. And I'm not going to argue that. I don't know the science. I'm not a scientist, so I'm not going to argue with someone about science and scientific method because, you know, frankly, I'm out of my depth in many ways on that. But what I will say is this. There's people out there trying, and there's people out there trying to find, trying to find the answer. Are we all doing it incorrectly? Uh, As you know me, I've also I've I've said that I I think that the fundamental problem might be trying to measure supernatural things with natural devices, um, and then you know reading this book um, and what I just read there, uh, Ed Warren. Uh, it touches on the same thing, and I'm not saying me and Ed Warren are on the same page on this, but essentially, we're we're in the same neighborhood for sure because I just don't know if if it's possible. That doesn't mean we stop trying. Did Roger Bannister think it was possible to run under a four minute mile? Well, I don't know if he would have kept trying if he didn't think it was possible. So. Where does the modern blueprint come from in parapsychology? Where does it stand in the eyes of academia uh, and science? Let's just say it's not in good standing. I think we, we lack the... We lack the respect and or credentials scientifically, although there are many scientifically-minded and qualified people who are in the world of paranormal investigation. Now, whether or not they consider themselves to be parapsychologists or in the field of parapsychology, that is another question altogether. I do believe that when it comes to parapsychology specifically and psychical research, all of this falls under the big umbrella of that. And if we want it to be considered honest, legitimate, it has to fall under some kind of discipline, right? And paranormal investigations is a subset of a larger discipline of trying to find answers, trying to find truth, trying to find things outside of the normal that we understand, the unexplainable, right? So, I do believe that paranormal investigation should be a subset under the large umbrella that is parapsychology. Um, now, paranormal activity could mean lots of things. I mean, you've got you know, cryptids, you've got ghosts, you've got clairvoyance. Lots of things fall underneath the, the modern world of paranormal community. But when it comes to actual investigation, trying to find evidence of something unexplainable and or supernatural, inhuman and or demoniacal, I think paranormal investigation has to be under like a branch of parapsychology. Now, I could be wrong about that. It doesn't necessarily, it's not like it has to be. But I think for our purposes here or for my purposes here, when it comes to modern parapsychology, I'd like to consider it in that way and hopefully at some point a standard is set and maybe the standard is being set currently ed warren would argue that there is mountains of evidence that there are all kinds of examples of the inhuman uh or the human spirit being documented on on, on tape uh in photographs through transcripts through credible eyewitnesses i mean he's no longer alive uh, Lorena lorraine is i believe so when it comes to people saying that there is no evidence for this, uh, the rebuttal to that really is, well, how, how hard have you looked? Have you even really tried to look? Because if you really dug into it, you would find that evidence, uh, that, that there is evidence there. And not only that, it's very compelling and will make you believe. Now, this is someone who was in the business for decades, right? Right. And did some of the most famous paranormal investigations out there and had a connection to uh, all kinds of exorcists um, in the church where they would call him uh, and things like that. So uh, we will be I I will be referencing him and them just because when it comes to the United States, they are probably the most well-known and I guess they set the watermark for a lot of these things and they had the combination where she was clairvoyant and he was a demonologist so she could kind of go in and sense uh what was going on there or if there was a spirit there and what it was and he knew how to handle it so uh but stay woke don't provoke uh you know it's something that uh you know really resonates with me throughout the book uh ed was not a big fan of provoking uh, especially the inhuman spirits um, even talks about how there's cases of disappearance and or death when it comes to like an unidentified black mass that like will swallow someone and, 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 you know, spontaneous combustion also being, uh, a result. Now that, that, that's truly terrifying stuff. Now, just as a reminder, the term parapsychology was coined in 1889 by Max Dossier, um, and then J.B. Ryan, uh, who I've got two books on the life of J.B. Ryan that I'm really excited to dig into uh, very soon. The Enchanted Voyage, uh, or the Enchanted, I think it's The Enchanted Voyage, uh, is the name of one of them. Anyway, uh, I'm going to be getting into those. Thriftbooks.com, I mean, talk about a great website to buy cheap, used books. Um, so recycle books, you know what I mean? As opposed to, you know, being wasteful. Uh, J.B. Ryan in the 1930s uh, used it as a replacement for psychical research, um, which predates all of the paranormal research and parapsychology as well, at least in terminology. Um, Para meaning alongside. So alongside psychology. So what you have here is you have something that was from the late 19th century. The the official institutional interest uh, becomes, bec- it comes into, it manifests, right? If we want to say that word, it becomes a thing. And so then by the early 20th century here in the United States, it has taken root in major universities. We talked about that previously, to where it went to now, where there's all these kind of nonprofit places now, like the Institute of Noetic Sciences, you know, Parlab was running for a while. Um, you know, Stanford Research Institute. I mean, now you've got like the you know philosophical research. Uh, you've got all kinds of things, right? When it that that milks into or melts into this world of whether it's clairvoyance, past lives, apparitions, ghosts, specters, uh, demonology, to some degree, will also you know. It fits under this umbrella of the terminology and the parapsych- parapsychological association. And then you have all of these different groups. And and we talked about what does it take to try to unite all of these things, to have a unified front? Because I think that would be important to try to bring all of them together, um, you know, to have some kind, and I'm not, this isn't like my one world government argument, you know, uh, but when it comes to all these different things that we're interested in, um, it's specifically in the parapsychology world, and in the, in the way like parapsychology is going to be moving forward. That's the question, because you had early psychical research in the mid 1900s, um, where you know mediums and clairvoyance have been tested for for a long time, and table tipping was a big thing back then. So what is it now? Uh, According to Ed and Lorraine, there's all this evidence of levitation, of teleportation, of apporting. So can we get this measured for the world to see that this is real? I mean, think of the consequences or the, not the consequences, but think of what happens next. The world becomes aware that these things, that dark energy, that, quote-unquote demons exist what is the danger for us in understanding that or is there power in understanding that to be careful and sure some people will still want to make deals with the devil uh quote-unquote um to get to affect outcome in their in their in their favor but, at what cost, if people truly knew the cost, would they do it I, I I'm sure they would people there are people become desperate for all kinds of reasons, so you're not going to be able to stop that and what's truly freedom here and freedom and choice i don't know i i I can't help uh, just yesterday uh you know going down a whole writing about like what you know just free writing and wondering if if, if freedom truly can only come by one losing their mind, at least the mind in the way that we know it today, Um, with the structures and the expectations and the regulations that our mind has in the way to operate around the world around us. Like, I reach out my hand to the wall, I expect to feel it. Um, So if I transcend past that, have I lost my mind? Am I crazy? But then... Am I truly free? I'm free from the rules and the laws and the expectations of this material world that I expect, that all of us have grown accustomed to expecting and understanding as our reality, But if in fact there is a true reality laying behind all of that, is that why people who got into deep, deep meditation in that study that came out like I think a year and a half, two years ago, said that they started feeling crazy, that it wasn't good for your mental health to go into deep meditation? Is it because they saw the truth and the falsehoods of the reality that we all live in and that have been constructed started to crumble around them? And therefore they felt crazy. It's like the world was gaslighting us or gaslighting them. Um, So it's like the phrase gang-stalking comes to mind. Maybe we've been gang-stalked by the modern world to believe that there's limitations on what is possible. And that's what parapsychology is trying to get down to. Specifically, what are the limitations of the mind, if any? And what are the limitations of life after death, if any? And the paranormal investigator is trying to find those, and then also trying to expose the dark side of the inhuman spirits. So now you have television shows that have jumped on board in the last 15 years, and more people have become interested in in investigating and trying to find evidence for themselves of life after death. Is this a bad thing? Um, Do you want to be the person who was into something or was... Do you want to be the person that was into a band, really loved the band, and then once the band became popular, you hated them? Or do you want to be the person who's like, you know what? I don't have ownership over this thing I love. Anyone who's allowed... Anyone who wants to love it should be allowed to love it. Um, Do you want people... Or do you feel like someone should only get into something for the same reasons you did? And if they don't do it the same way you did, then they're wrong or they're not as good or less than. That happens a lot in art, in the world of art, like specifically in stand-up comedy. Uh, comedians will be like, this person is, is awful. Uh, this person doesn't deserve something. And the reason most comedians believe that is because that person didn't do it the way they did it and therefore they consider it to be wrong or cheating or not the right way right so that's a trap that's a sinister trap that we can't fall into so as far as i'm concerned the entire world should be in love with the paranormal we talked about trying to expand the community these things have happened and when it comes to modern parapsychology the We do have to have guidelines here because now it's going to go off the rails. Anybody will just be out looking for ghosts for any old good reason. Now, will they have valuable evidence that can be verifiable? A lot of the times, no. If there are not rules and regulations or strict guidelines or procedures or scientific method to follow, how can we all get on board with it and understand that it's actually true or accurate or verifiable. That is the benefit of having a scientific method type situation in place. So I understand the argument against paranormal investigators when it comes from the scientific side. We need to be able to replicate this. We need to be able to prove that this is true before we just put it into the common mind of all people who will come after us, that this is a truth or a reality of our existence. We want to make sure that we're not putting something into that group future mind that isn't true, that is bullshit, that is myth, that is fantasy, although we do need myth and fantasy in our creative and our whimsical and imagination lives. But when it comes to trying to understand the reality of our universe, will we ever truly be able to? I'm not so sure we can. But we do need certain guidelines and certain verifiable steps along the way to show that something is accurate, something is true, is real. And that's when it no longer becomes parapsychology, and it becomes maybe just psychology or it just becomes science. It becomes part of the zeitgeist uh, in a different way without skeptical poo-pooing of life after death. Things change. Life changes when death is understood does that make sense i think it does uh, life changes when death is understood to be not what it is not the end i mean think of that moment in human history when the human mind becomes aware of its own death i mean i wouldn't have wanted to be the the guy who thought of that or the gal would you have wanted to be the guy or gal who thought of that like realizing that moment that life ends, with that awareness becomes so much weight. And think about how heavier and more dense the world becomes once they realized that life would end. So we need that next step now to lighten things up a little bit. We need to understand that death does happen in this physical form, yet our life is not over. Our body ends, but our life continues. I think that would be the way to to go about it. That would be a cool thing that could happen. So, what is the state of modern parapsychology, Ryan? Um, are we even talking about that today? Have we even got into that, or am I just going on tangents? There are all kinds of ways to um, examine the state of modern parapsychology do you want to go into paranormal investigation or do you want to go into demonology Um, hopefully i'm going to be having an interview coming up very soon uh, they'll be putting out for you with a demonologist and we're going to get into a lot of this stuff in a deeper way right from someone who's been on the front lines of it all but when it comes to modern parapsychology there are people out there doing research still there are people out there fighting for grant money um, trying to Make this happen in the in the lab setting, but there are thousands of people in paranormal investigation groups all across the country, all across the world, going out there and trying to find the evidence for the rest of us outside the lab. Okay, so and that's great. Uh, you know, I have friends that I go with. Uh, I've only really done one solo kind of uh solo style which it you know isn't recommended uh, by me but i think what you need here is you need to maybe if i were to make a recommendation to paranormal investigators it would be try to know a little bit of the history at least of paranormal investigators try to understand the history of parapsychology try to understand the reality of what you may be up against and respect it um, and understand the tools and try to understand the science behind the instruments that you are using. Like the argument of some paranormal investigators or parapsychologists would be, they think it's just like all all these people are out there just running around like it's the wild, wild west and it's all bullshit. And they're not going to get anything worth having because they don't know what they're doing. And I typically will not try to use instruments that I don't have some understanding of. Like there's a geomagnetic meter or something. I, I can't even never remember the word of it, but I have no idea what that means. So am I going to be using that instrument at this time? No, not until I have an understanding of, of what that does. It's pretty easy to understand EVPs and cameras and EFM or EMF meters and, and that kind of thing in the spirit box. So, those, you know, your, your brain can wrap around those pretty easily. And then, you know, you get into dowsing rods, which um, which I love dowsing rods. Um, you get it like the Ouija board. Should you use the Ouija board in a haunted location? That's up to you. Uh, use it with caution. Most people would say don't do it. Um, or any kind of divination or conjuring or seance type situation. That That's when you're really opening the door. So... Do we need a set of standards? Yes, we need a, a set of standards. And there's people out there trying to do it, trying to make the set of standards, uh, trying to find that evidence. But let's be honest, you know, uh, video, you know, video talks, if that, if that makes it, you know, BS walks. If you have video of a ghost or an apparition or a black mass or a specter on video that cannot be debunked, that is where the juice is for most people because they can see it and and especially if they can hear it as well. But that's where the juice is when you can see that. Now, how do you prove to people that it's not a fake? I don't know. I mean, Ghost Adventures has had some or um, have you seen the documentary Demon House? I think I've talked about it. Um, There's some crazy video on that. Is it faked? is it real i would like to think it's real um but you know i can't tell you for sure um i will be having an interview with a uh, a pretty famous parapsychologist uh hopefully pretty soon uh, as well so we can maybe get into a little bit about like what's real and what's not real on what you see on television but the modern state of parapsychology i think is good I think it's healthy. It's strong. And then you branch off into the underneath that umbrella. You have demonology, which branches away from parapsychology. Okay. Which, uh, you know, knows the situation, knows the, the evidence, knows how to find the signs of infestation, oppression, and possession as the Warrens have labeled them out. Um, knows what to do, who to call and, 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 you know, when to get the hell out of there quite literally. Um, you need to get the hell out of your house, uh, you know, and then you need to go back inside and get the hell out of it uh, by doing an exorcism. We'll get the hell out of it. So um, I wanted to, um, we're going to, I'm going to wrap this up because I, I want to ke- start keeping these a little bit shorter. I think, um, you know, again, uh, there was uh, Oh yeah, in certain rare cases, there. Uh, according to Ed Warren, there is a uh, there is a fourth stage of demoniacal activity. So you have infestation, oppression, and possession, and in rare cases, death is the fourth stage, uh, which that doesn't sound good. Uh, you know, to be to be killed by a, a demon. Um, if what else could you understand why I've been having a hard time sleeping? Uh, I imagine uh, because. Uh, well there's I'm trying to think uh, well when it comes to oppression they talked about internal and external we don't need to get into the details of that necessarily I can do a I can maybe do like a uh, patron only uh, review of the book uh, you know fully but it's a great book to read if you're interested in this stuff specifically demonology and parapsychology and paranormal investigation now there is a huge schism or or there's a a, a large gulf between the shores of uh the parapsychological or parapsychological world and the paranormal investigator world and the demonology demonology world okay you have people who have medical degrees uh or science degrees you know immersed in the world of parapsychology and then on the other side, you have people who don't have those things. And maybe some of them do, but it's not a requirement to call yourself a paranormal investigator, to go to school to become a paranormal investigator or a demonologist. So you have a huge you have a huge gulf there between the two. So how do we close that gulf? And how do we bring legitimacy to demonology and and paranormal investigation? And this is legitimacy that parapsychologists have, but in the world of science, they're still looked at as crazy people, or or not crazy people, but as illegitimate. So what you have here is multiple levels of legitimacy that the paranormal investigator is up against unless someone is coming at them as already a believer, so this is what we're dealing dealing with here. But you know what? As as is the way with anything in life, you know, if it's worth doing, then you should do it. And I think many 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 people, many great people, many open-minded, wonderful people have decided that it's worth doing and that's why they're out there doing it. And I think people will always persevere whether when it comes to anything. I believe in the person So, I believe in the paranormal investigators out there, uh, you know, who fall under the umbrella of parapsychology, and they may not have the academic credentials, um, you know, because it is a field that is kind of pretty wide open in the wild, wild west when it comes to the actual being in the field side. Um, you know, Ed Warren will talk about parapsychologists don't know how to label, it, so they're called poltergeist, uh, or they'll just ignore it. Well, maybe there is a schism that becomes the paranormal investigator that branches off and away from parapsychology that makes them different things. And I'll have to just accept that if, in fact, that's true. So get out there with your cameras and your digital recorders, your, your readers, and, you know, you know, try to find that evidence. But, you know, try to use a little bit of discernment. You know, not every, let's not fall to the side of everything now is a thing, is evidence. You know, we have to show discernment or we'll be laughed at. And I mean, rightfully so. I mean, not everything can be, can be evidence or, or maybe, you know, maybe it is. Maybe that's where I'm wrong so the state of uh parapsychology on the paranormal investigation side is very strong uh it's you know the the interest has never been higher um so you know get out there and join the club if you want i mean it's fun stuff um but it also is potentially very groundbreaking so uh thank you for listening to uh, the third year bonus we're gonna i'm trying to make these things a little bit shorter uh reminder i'll be at dayton uh in dayton ohio at wiley's comedy club on the 21st for one show at 8 p.m the 22nd which is a saturday night seven fifteen and nine thirty. email me through my website um if you want tickets free tickets to those shows i'd love to give you put you on the guest list so thanks again to all the patrons uh there are two tiers over at the patreon page patreon.com backslash ryan singer for one dollar and for three dollars those are the the you know you can you can uh pledge as much as you want per month but those are the minimums and that's what we're dealing with now one to three one to one and three dollars one dollars is like hey i like what you're doing here's 12 bucks a year um the three dollars gets you all the stuff Um, so yeah so thank you very much to the patrons for that Uh, your generosity definitely helps out over here uh, to pay for the costs of like website hosting you know uh, podcast hosting you know all that stuff so uh, what else did I want to tell you other than that I I don't think there's really anything I hope you're having a good end of the year 2018 is going to finish strong for us and 2019 is going to you know going to be amazing We just have to believe that. You know what I mean? So, Rising on Instagram, Rising on Twitter, give a follow. I won't be on there for another few weeks, but you should still give me a follow. um, Please rate and review my new album on iTunes. That would be awesome. It's free. If you haven't downloaded it yet, it's on my website. It was also the 400th episode of the Mindcast, so maybe you heard it. Uh, Thank you to all the people who have listened. I really appreciate it. I hope you liked it. I hope you got some laughs. And I hope to see you on the road. And if I don't, I'll see you at the watering hole on the astral plane.